You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. Herbert, Herbert. <laughs> Alan Styler. I don't have anything clever, so. <laughs> Yo, what's up? <laughs> Veronica Dashel. Hi, and Muffet says hi too. Hello, Muffet. <laughs> and we're joined by some special guests tonight from Elaine and Matt Watch TV. It's Matt Sweatman. Hello, guys. And hey. Hi. <laughs> I, I was going to say I have nothing witty to say, but then Alan said he had nothing clever to say, so I really had nothing to say. <laughs> the was just to make sure no one thinks we rehearse these shows before we go. <laughs> All right. Um, and I forgot to ask before we started, but uh, Alan, do we have any news this week we wanted to touch on? No. Okay. How about this week in Trek? No, I figured we'd just talk about season three. Awesome. Awesome. Then we're going to get right into it and talk, talk about the third season of the original Star Trek ser series. Um, oh, yeah. Now, we recently watched the third season of Picard, and we're waiting for the third season of Strange New Worlds. But this week, it's the original third series, the infamous third season. Yeah. <laughs> the infamous, the That's uneven, right. the unpredictable season three. <laughs> Yeah, and as, and as many may know, one thing about season three was many of the principals were gone from the original series. Gene Kuhn had quit. Gene Rottenberry had been so disgusted with NBC because they had promised him a plum spot, but he ended up on, a, on the dead spot like on Friday night. So Gene Rottenberry pretty much wasn't involved much. He would come in and like rewrite shows and tell people stuff sucked, but he wasn't really involved. And then you had, was it Fred Freeberger? Freeburger? Freiburger. I, I think it's Freiburger. Freiburger. Yeah. He took over as the showrunner. It's very interesting. Most people blame Fred Freiburger for the season three quality being low. But I've read interviews with a lot of the cast members, Nichelle Nichols, George Takei, uh, Walter Koenig. They said that he was actually a really lovely man and did the best he could do. However, the budget was cut by as much as 15 yeah. to 20% per episode. Um, the network demanded that they cut as much as one to two days off the shooting schedule for every episode. And they demanded a lot of money to be saved. And I think all those things combined, especially DC Fontana has stepped back as well. Mm -hmm. So you lost the principles, you lost money, you lost time. And Gene Roddenberry was pretty much pissed at everybody. And I think that's what season three came out of. Another really interesting fact about Mr. Freiberger is that mm -hmm. he's, very, very well known for taking over season three of TOS, but he's also probably secondarily best known for taking over season two of Space 1999, which, <laughs> if you look at, is very different from its first season in a lot yeah. of the same ways that uh, Star Trek's third season is different from its first two. And he introduces a new alien bridge character because he felt Space 1999 needed a Spock. Mm. So it's a really interesting oh. compare and contrast between those two, like right. his two biggest high profile jobs for television. Yeah. 
And I, I think he had a lot to do with it. But it, I mean, like you say, Keith, this wasn't it wasn't just his fault. It was Not a lot of against him. I mean, and in television, right. especially. I mean, cutting money and time is not only, in fact, in the special effects, the wardrobe, the the writing, uh, but I mean, you have less time for rehearsals. You have less yep. time for blocking and setup. You have to go with more simple camera setups. You have to yep. move yeah. the show along. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to criticize, I think, about season three, but I think there's a lot of gems in there, too. I think there's a Ooh. lot of good quality Ooh. material that they've made. Absolutely. Yep. And of course, yeah. one of my absolute favorite TOS episodes is in this season and a couple of other ones that I really think are mm-hmm. true standouts for the original series. Right. Well, that, was, that was something I had said when we were watching and I don't know specifically mm-hmm. which episode, but there, there were two or three episodes where I felt like, okay, this could have been a really good episode. The story, like yeah. the bones were there, but they just, mm-hmm. They didn't do what they needed to do with it, <laughs> um, you know. But but also, you know, watching Doctor Who, there's a mm-hmm. lot of stories in Doctor Who that they could have been really great stories, but they didn't have the budget, they didn't have the time, they didn't, you know. So, right. So, yeah, l- yeah. let me get our first comment. This is from Dan awesome. Leckie, all the way in Scotland, and he says. Um, hello everybody. And he says it was a pleasure to have Matt and Elaine on the writing staff of uh, Warped Factor Trek, and they are excellent reviewers. So I'm just curious in your reviews, how did you spell? P B T H H H H. I guess I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I think that that's. <laughs> Oh, we well, did that a lot in the third season as well. Yes. <laughs> wow, Keith, you got that all the way over here. <laughs> but you know, uh, Charles and Alan make a really good point about season three being really good despite itself. Because you know, we were just talking the other day. Look what happened to Lost in Space. Mm. Yeah. Oh, don't. don't. Y- you know, yeah. Look what happened to. <laughs> look what happened to Lost in Space yet in this episode. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, my favorite show. Well, Irwin Allen shows Lost in Space and Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. They became kind of jokes in their final seasons. They all they had all these silver faced aliens. Uh, they were really goofy. And the fact that Star Trek held on to the quality to held on to is a minor miracle. Also, as you, I'm sure you all know, the network was seriously thinking of turning Star Trek the live series into a Saturday morning series. And they they survived a lot to produce what we did get for season three. Yeah. So here's an interesting fact, again, mm-hmm. about Mr. Freiberger that mm-hmm. Michael Phillips throws in here. He oversaw the final season of Six Million Dollar Man. So basically, if you hire this guy, your show is done. <laughs> <laughs> How many final seasons does he have on his CV? Right. One right. wonders. <laughs> and, you know, that begs the question, did he have innately bad taste or was he just a good guy doing what they demanded of him to save money and rush things through? Well, yeah, and yeah. that's the thing, you know, because um, the original series had been on the chopping block already. And, yeah. you know, everybody knows the story about the fan letter writing and stuff. And mm-hmm. we all know that it wasn't renewed for a fourth season. So is it basically was he there as a caretaker? Yeah, just to you know, as the show limps to its finish line, mm-hmm. is he just there to oversee that last home stretch? Yeah, yeah, because a big part of being a producer is not just mm-hmm. the creative aspect, but it's getting the show out on time with the budget that's allotted and the time allotted. Absolutely, um, and keeping the I mean, and, and famously, the third season of Star Trek gave them enough episodes for that syndication deal. 
and right. it, the show came oh. to life in syndication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. who knows if if he hadn't produced that third season, if we'd be sitting here right now. Probably not. You know? Wow. Yeah, my impression of him is that, and I don't know how correct this is, but he's a, a veteran in the industry. He's probably uh, someone that the network's comfortable with and the various production companies are comfortable with. He may not necessarily be a true believer in a sense of the Star Trek ethos, but he's a professional and familiar enough with the ins and outs of producing television to get a season out. So that's, Mm. I think that's what he did. Yeah. 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 And now for Elena and Matt, you guys on Elena and Matt watch TV, you guys do watch alongs. And then Matt, you've been going through and ranking the third season uh, in our Mm -hmm. Facebook group, which is seems Mm -hmm. to be a very popular feature that people seem to really (laughs) look forward to. Um, You get a, you get a lot of engagement on those posts. Yes. Which is fantastic. Absolutely. It's very good. Very good. I'm very pleased with that. Yeah. Well, what was your experience with the third season of Star Trek really for both of you before this recent watch through? I will tell you, I don't think I had seen a single one of those episodes. Wow. Wow. Even like, because I I was thinking about it. I'm like, the ones I normally would see in reruns or whenever they would have marathons would be trouble with trouble, like the the really popular, Mm -hmm. famous ones that everybody knows. No, I don't know that I saw any of those before we watched these. Very interesting. Yeah. I was, I didn't. That didn't hit me, but I was re- I was watching through the season today because I was working from home and I just had it playing while I was working. Mm-hmm. And now that you said that, I was like, oh yeah, you know what? Actually, I don't think most of these I've seen before. I mean, a couple of them I do. That's amazing. Well, you probably, that you I probably have had and just don't remember them. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're, Usually yeah. I can be like, yeah, okay, I kind of remember that. But there right. were several of these, like, I have, I've never seen this. That's right. amazing <laughs> to have new track from that old... Long ago, <laughs> these are episodes that I watched on a loop when I was like 12 years old. You know, but the fact that someone yeah. doesn't know every syllable of these things is fascinating to me. Like, what do you, I mean, I, because it's a different experience watching a show as an adult than it is watching a show that you love when you're Very 11 much. and you watch over and over again. Yeah. I mean, with through an adult eyes, it's very different. Yeah, so that means Elaine and Veronica were stunned to see Alexander riding Kirk like a horse. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. for the first time? <laughs> Wow. What did you think of the third season of Star Trek? Well, before we came on, I had a list of the episodes and Matt had to give me little clues to what each episode was because I'm kind of like, I don't know what that title, I don't know. And so I ended up writing my own notes on some of them. Mm. There are some that are forgettable only because it just sort of, it's just an episode. I mean, it's not a, Mm. you know, um, because there's one that I was like, oh, the Bill and Ted episode. Okay, I remember that one now. You know, it's like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, I have to remember them certain way because sometimes they just kind of blend all together and I don't remember which one, which. Okay. Well, what but, jumped yeah. out at you? Hey, let me look at my papers over here. <laughs> um, Clearly, I the do... Bill and Ted episode did. Yeah. Well, that was a requiem from Methuselah, and that's the one that had no. Abraham Lincoln, and, and he, no, they were collecting no, all no. the. No, that's no. Savage 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 oh, I don't know. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, no. I remember what that one is now. I looked at my okay. notes. No, that's Savage fine. Curtain, because they were collecting all the historical yeah. people, like Bill right. and Ted did for their yeah. project. So, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I have 
Never seen Bill and Ted. Get out. Any version. So I didn't know the reference. Okay. <laughs> Bill and Ted, they're high school students that need to pass a history final. So they get in an American phone booth and yeah. travel okay. through time and space. Yeah. Doctor Who. And gather all the historical figures and take them back to their high school and do a history project with Napoleon, Joan of Arc, Genghis Khan, uh, um, Socrates, <laughs> yeah. Socrates, yeah, Socrates, you know, Socrates, and, yep. and, and you know, yeah. Hey, but that was, and it's what? a hugely important movie because Jane Weedland of the Go Go's plays Joan of Arc. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, actually, yeah, I'm down with that. It's a really smart sci-fi movie. <laughs> it really actually. is. It's really like a teen comedy. Yeah. It sounds it's funny. Yeah. It, it sounds like a really, movie. It's really good. <laughs> Wayne says hello and says late again. Nope, Wayne, you are right on time. <laughs> you didn't miss anything, Wayne. <laughs> Just like a hobbit, whenever you arrive, I mean a wizard, whenever you arrive, that's exactly mm-hmm. when you mean to arrive. Right. <laughs> Marine, you're late. <laughs> Question for Matt: What was yes. what was your experience with the third season of Star Trek before this recent watch along? Well, I'm I'm very familiar with everyone, but mostly from the late '80s and early '90s when I was really heavily into watching the reruns. They would still broadcast them in the afternoon, and that was my afternoon plan was to watch. So I I kind of watched them out of order for so the third season, second season, first season. All kind of gets blended together mm-hmm. in my in my memory, right? Um, some episodes went a little bit up in my estimation. Some went down, but for most parts, the ones I really couldn't stand, I still couldn't stand. And the ones I really <laughs> liked, I still really liked. Okay. <laughs> did yeah. anything surprise you? Like, did you have mm-hmm. a very different take on an episode that f- different from what you would have originally? And when you were doing your season Good rankings, mm-hmm. did you, mm-hmm. were you surprised by where something fell on your list? A couple. Um, I was surprised by how well I enjoyed Requiem for Methuselah. I actually, okay. it went quite, it quite went a ways up. Was it four or five? I think on my list, hmm. which, which I think is higher than most people would put that episode. Um, yep. uh, and, uh, and much to, uh, I, I had to sort of balance out the empath because that is one that kind of dropped in my estimation in the rewatch. And I know Chuck <laughs> loves it. I'm my man, my it's, man. It's still it's still in the middle of the of the season. It didn't drop to the bottom, but yeah, yeah. it it wasn't quite as high as I anticipated it being. I was thinking of it going in on a like um, is there in truth no beauty level? But mm. I, I I can't rank it up in that nearly as in, in there in truth no beauty. Unfortunately, I can. <laughs> <laughs> and he has before. <laughs> I want to pick it back real quick, Alan. That's a great question about uh, Requiem from Methuselah because. There are some shows that when you're younger, they don't mean as much to you as when you're older. And I remember watching Rec Room for Methuselah as a child. It was fine. I started watching Star Trek when I was six years old. It was fine. It was just okay. I've always loved history, so I love the reveal. But I noticed as I got older, just the way that um, the actor was was acting his role. I, I see the loneliness in him. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt the desperation in him. And also you saw the danger that he could be because at the end of the day, he is a 6,000 year old guy who was born in a savage time. And you saw, you saw both a man of like McCoy said, a man of great wisdom and knowledge, but he could also do some really, really scary things. And the show resonates with much more as an adult than it did as a child. I have to completely ignore the nonsense of Kirk falling in love with a woman in like two hours. 
while his ship is dying and telling her, come with me. But other than that, it's a really good episode. So like Matt, my estimation has gone up over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the whole falling in love bit is, that's kind of a 60s television thing. Every oh, week, wow. I mean, you, you come back to you come back to the bonanza where the you know the kids yeah. had their had their had their love of their life and they would always die at the end of the episode. Yeah, so it, always, it always had to be the the most important love of their life week in week out. So right. I think I think that's sort of that kind of at play in that in that regard. Yeah. Mm. And that's one of the things I didn't really bump up against when I was a kid watching the show. And there's a lot of things like that. You know, you vi- mm-hmm. revisit something that you love when you were young that, you know, didn't bother you at the time. Then you're watching it as an adult and you're like, well, <laughs> that's not what you got to do. Yeah, there's a reason I haven't seen an episode of Dukes of Hazzard since the early 80s. <laughs> probably, probably smart. Wait, Matt, you talk about me for bringing in different shows? <laughs> I have never gone to a Dukes of Hazard reference. <laughs> I think it's the first for our podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. You're welcome. <laughs> were there any episodes that you thought were just stinkers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and the children shall lead, but I'm not yeah. alone in that regard. Uh, no. Turn hey, around intruder. I'm not in yeah. alone in that regard. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, those two were particularly bad. I mean, and I like to say that even the bad ones, I tried to focus on something positive. And and, and what Star Trek always banked on in the first two seasons is because we love the characters so much. We always had that to fall back on. It's a Kirk, it's a Spock adventure, McCoy and Spock. But the episode in this season, it seemed like they slipped a little bit on the characterization at times. They weren't as solid as they were the first two seasons. So you didn't always have that security in that you would find something to enjoy in every episode. Yeah. Mm. And you speak about the characters. I mean, you introduced a new feature in your ranking this, this season, uh, which was the Spock dignity ranking, <laughs> which I thought was an interesting feature. Yes. Uh, so what, well, about, all, what prompted yeah. you to add that? Well, it, it, I, when I think of the third season, I think of Spock's brain with him being controlled, remote control, uh, remote control, I think of um, Plato's stepchildren, where he's made to cry, dance, nearly dance, and stomp on Kirk's head. Right. You think about all these really embarrassing Spock moments. It's almost like at times they they were just torturing him. So I mm-hmm. thought it'd be kind of cool to play around with. But actually, some there are some episodes. I think it's not it's not as many as I thought. It's like the yeah. it's it's like we it's like we always go back and think of the third season as being really embarrassing for Spot, but there's really only three or four really bad ones. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, how do you think Spock? I mean, mm-hmm. how how did the season portray him? I mean, how did he come out at the end? Do you think that it, did it, the lower your esteem for Spock, or um, do you think he made it through? Inconsistent. Um, okay. <laughs> the, the at times they seemed to like. There was one episode, and I can't remember exactly which one it was. But he was taking everything very literal to the yeah. point to where Spock, you've been a humans enough. You can catch the subtext. You're just being stubborn this episode. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think it was the episode where he commented on Scotty uh, literally sitting on an engine. Uh, I think it's that, that's the episode. Oh, yeah. That, that, yeah, that position would not be not only undignified, but would avail you nothing. Yeah, right. I know that. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Right. And it's then there's one. one data. Where he doesn't understand idioms. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And is it the episode? Um, is there a no truth beauty where they have to get back to the planet? And there's a woman. She's a she's an Indian woman, Hindi woman. She's on the she's at the helm. And Spock keeps yelling at her. And some I remember somebody online said, why was he being so incredibly rude again to this woman? It's something like she said, we're 900 light years away. And he'd say, 901.357. I wish you would get it accurate. And it's like, okay, it's a little out of character for Spock at this time. So you're right. He was a little inconsistent. Yeah. Well, like that's, that's not what matters right now. So yeah. Maybe, maybe that was Spock's way of joking around and tricking humans kind of like Ethan Peck Spock's did with mm-hmm. Nurse Chapel that one time and he's like humans are even more easily fooled than Vulcans. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> okay, I've got a question for Matt and Elaine from Dan. He wants to know now that you have an overview of the original series, how well do you think Enterprise ties into TOS? Fairly well. Um, I don't think there's any major cons- uh, inconsistencies. Um, I I find myself more than ever wanting a crossover with some of the characters and actors from Enterprise somewhere, mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I mean, we have the direct link with the uh, with the Tholian web and the, uh, the, uh, the 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 mirror universe episode from Enterprise. In the mirror, um, darkly. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And. Uh, so uh, I think they're fairly compatible. I mean, it clearly in Rick Berman era, they had their continuity pretty solid at that point. Um, and they were very, they were, I think they're very conscious of trying to keep things consistent, probably more so than they are today, honestly. Uh, Definitely. For good and for bad. Cause I think sometimes you can tie your hands too much and kind of lose, mm-hmm. lose focus on making a good TV show. If you're worried so much about con- exactly. Continuity. Mm-hmm. Right. Elaine, how did, that's a good question for you, but uh, not outside the continuity. Now, once you look at season three, what do you think about that season overall and just the series overall, all three seasons put together? Um, series Season three were definitely the weakest link mm-hmm. by far mm-hmm. um, because I was not familiar with it. And, and I don't know if it hurts or helped that I was not familiar with any of the episodes from this season. Mm-hmm. Um there are a few, I, you know, if it was on TV, I'd watch them again, but, mm-hmm. well, actually, I'd probably watch any of them. I might just grumble about a couple of them. I don't know. <laughs> Why do we have to watch this one? I don't want to watch this one. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and, and as far as, like, linking Enterprise to it, I don't know that I really thought about that, because to me, they're so far apart time, not because not Enterprise was more recent than TOS just like where they fit in the timeline mm-hmm. my brain like I keep asking Matt how far apart is this from this show or like like how many years have passed because I I don't yeah. have a reference for that so I don't right yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I think that I think that the canon continuity thing is literally the biggest argument in the Trek world right now and I think you know some people start you know, it's like the north and the south of the um, guy. I should know the name of that famous little southern guys in Appalachia who fought the, the you know, Hatfields and McCoy. Thank you. I can't believe I don't remember that. But but I, I agree with Matt. I mean, I, I, I like them to try to stick to continuity and history as much as possible. But you can't bind your arms. Case in point was Enterprise. They were like, how do we do the controls? Because the controls, the whole look of the ship was designed in the 60s. So if you notice, Enterprise does weird thing like bring knobs back. Just trying to make it look more <laughs> primitive than the 60s. 
which kind of sort of doesn't make sense. So, you know, you, you do what you have to do. And Veronica, what did you think overall, since you were a newbie to the overall season and the overall series? Um, I was really enjoying a lot of the episodes. Um, there were some weird moments mm -hmm. um, and some strange concepts, but I felt like they were good concepts, like the, the little floating light that was making everyone angry and lived off everyone's fighting. Mm -hmm. It was really weird, but it was a good concept. Mm -hmm. Not sure how well it was executed, but I think it was executed pretty well. I like that episode a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Th that may be my favorite Klingon episode from the original series. Mm -hmm. I mean, I agree. Aaron of Mercy is really good too, but yeah, I mean, you get like the Klingons of day of the dove really feel like what would later become Klingons they are fighting with swords yeah. and they are, yeah. you know, Kang seems more of an honorable figure than any of the Klingons mm -hmm. we've seen up to mm -hmm. that point. It seems yeah. like he's really more the archetype for what the Klingons were going to become later on in the Worf era. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Kang and Kor are the, are the two sides of Klingons because you're right. Kang, Kang is the honorable, the serious Klingon, the, the wharf type. And then Kor is the bloodthirsty one who probably would yell, today is a good day to die. Or as we saw in TNG, Klingons like to party the night before battle. Uh, that's Kor. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't so, want to. I don't want to think where we put Koloth in this conversation, but <laughs> I, I, I like Koloth. I could go off about Koloth. But he's in the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's two. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Alan. Well, I, I'm going to pitch another question out to the guests, mm -hmm. and that is, uh, since we've talked about Kirk a little bit and Spock a good bit, I, I'm curious to know how you think season three represented some of the, you know lesser characters and i hate saying it mm. that way because but they're not on equal equal playing field so i'm curious to know right. how you feel like uhura Chekhov, sulu those characters are portrayed in season three did, did you see any furtherance of their characters uh were they developed well were they just there for saying a line how do you feel I remember there was one episode I was thinking, oh, hey, look, Uhura's actually given something to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was when Kirk was in the ship that was out of phase and she saw him and mm -hmm. she had a reaction mm -hmm. and she actually had yeah. something to do. And actually, um, Chekhov had something to do in that same episode. That's the Tholian web. Yeah. 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 That's that's one of my favorites. Also, Veronica, you're saying that it's funny because... Uh, one day I really want to do a poll who has the craziest scream in Star Trek, because if you remember, <laughs> Chekhov is in the is in medical bay and he's yeah. screaming a whole lot. And I love to see it. it's unintentionally funny when Fox said Kirk is dead. And he goes, and I like the captain. And he starts. <laughs> and, <I just laughs> and it does that cool camera angle when Spock does the thing with the R's. He's like, Chekhov. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Matt and Elena, what did you guys think? Um. I thought uh, Uhura and Chekhov did come off pretty well, actually, compared to other mm. seasons. Um, mm -hmm. Uhura, I mean, they, it, seemed like, it seemed like you were deliberately trying to give Uhura some some things, and that's a good thing. I, yeah. I like that. Um, mm -hmm. Sulu, I, I think I've heard interviews with uh, George Takei, and, and I think mm -hmm. he, he thinks that sort of they forgot about him after he came back from filming the Green Berets. Right. Um, and he does... I mean, we actually had more episodes with Sulu and Chekhov because it seemed like in the second season they were hardly ever on the bridge together. Right. I mean, um, but we had a we had a lot more of that uh, in this season. But Sulu just didn't feel right, and and there was a lot of Scotty, 
but Scotty kind of became a caricature in season right. three. Yeah. Um, mm. I mean, and they played up the alcohol use. They played up uh, <laughs> his romance or two kind of were a little awkward, a little rough. Yeah. Um, and um, so, yeah, I mean, we got, but we did get overall epi- more episodes with the, all seven of them. And that was something we hardly ever saw before this. Right. Right. And yeah, that's true. always good to see. And so the reason that I was thinking of that question is because I don't know, a year, maybe longer than mm-hmm. that, we mm-hmm. did a, an episode on our show about Spock's brain, where we sort of did a rewatch of it. And mm-hmm. and Spock's brain gets a bad rap, you know, probably the worst rap of any of the TOS episodes. And as we yeah. were rewatching it, I was kind of surprised by how much good stuff we were able to find in it. And one of the right. things yeah. that, that stuck out to me is that Chekhov had a lot of scenes and some really good material was given to him. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, for the opening of a season three episode, you know, that's that's surprising that he got as much screen time as he did. So I was just curious to know how you felt about those characters being treated this season. And I'd like to I'd like to get Elena's opinion on that. But I want to comment on what you said there, Alan and Matt, real quick. If you read the behind the scenes stuff, the number of episodes that were originally written for Sulu which were rewritten for Chekhov is pretty high because the green berets ran long. And when they got, um, when they got Walter Koenig there to what you were saying, Alan, they realized this guy's really good. He's a good dramatic actor. He's a good comedic actor. And so when George came back, he, he honestly, he was upset and he felt like they had done him wrong, but he went away on the movie and they had to use a character. And so there was a, there was, I remember reading about at least six episodes where Sulu was supposed to be prominent and they wrote it for Chekhov instead because they didn't know when he was coming back. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So Elaine, what do you think? Um, I'm trying to remember. I do feel like it seemed like um, McCoy and Scotty had more, more chances of having the, the, the love of the week kind of thing. It seemed like yeah. they had, it wasn't always just Kirk, 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 Kirk. They, they spread the love a little bit. <laughs> Baby, did they ever. <laughs> well, McCoy well, even gets married. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Well, even and what like, happened? <laughs> even something like in Way to Eden, which we talked about on our Facebook group just recently, was originally uh, DC Fontana's pitch was for an episode called Joanna. And the, the romance was going to be more between Kirk and McCoy's daughter, which would cause friction between Kirk and McCoy. But that Ooh. was written for a romance for Chekhov instead. So it's yeah. interesting that, that you know, they were taking, at least in that instance, you know, a romance for the lead and giving mm-hmm. it to a supporting character, which I think mm-hmm. for the Hippies episode, I mean, Chekhov was really they were tr- trying to reach some youth audience with that character. They were trying for... Yeah, you know, it makes sense that that he would be the one to interact with, you know, the youth mm-hmm. movement of the 23rd century. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Much as it was. You <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Tune in to the Con Guy show. Con as in Comic-Con. We are Hollywood filmmakers and super fans who cover all the news of the con universe, including the films, the TV shows, the streaming series, the experiences, and the events that fuel your fandom. If you'd find it at Comic-Con, then you'll find it here. Now in our seventh year, the Con Guys Show is a proud member of the ESO Network. 
there's a lot of episodes that I think get bad raps in the third season that are mm-hmm. not bad. They're fun to watch. They're, yeah. The fact that the bar was set by Star Trek up here <laughs> early yeah. seasons is held right. against it. But I mean, most of the episodes, even like Spock's brain you mentioned, is a fun episode. And the characters mm-hmm. are fun and the interactions are fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the way I felt. Yeah, I think the the only episode for the entire series, the original series that I will not watch again, and not be, if somebody put it on, I'm not going to protest. It really is in the children so lead, mm-hmm. because to your what you're saying, Charles, it just does nothing for me. Um, right. I don't hate it. It literally just does nothing for me, and it's the only episode that I haven't seen since 1986. Um, wow. I just haven't seen it again. Where the children were running around and skipping <laughs> and skipping the black leg. Yeah, they were conjuring uh, the Gordon. And they were just going like shaking, shaking yeah. their fists. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Someone on a Facebook group recently was criticizing Captain Pike for losing control of the Enterprise. And I was like, the Enterprise went to middle schoolers once. Most of them weren't even middle schoolers. Like one of them was maybe a middle schooler. Right. He was probably middle schooler. For like elementary school. But even yeah, that's that, you get some kind of interesting looks at a Federation colony and the Federation yeah. from that episode. I mean, yeah. in a lot of these episodes, there's still something that I can find that I enjoy in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I was going to say in that one, Elaine commented on, oh, they, you know, they had the ice cream machine in the little uh, commissary. <laughs> right. We've never really seen that set before. So that's and, something. And you different. don't see it again. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> But they never showed the bowling alley because there's a bowling alley in the original ship schematics. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> okay. Let me get a few comments that awesome. have come in, in the last 10 minutes. Uh, Dan says that this is a brilliant discussion. Thanks, guys. Thank you. We appreciate Thank you. that. And says, for a long time, I've wished that they had introduced the life support belts that they use in the animated series. Mm-hmm. Funny. We talked about that last week. Yeah. We were saying the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And then that, that, there was actually um, behind the scenes discussion about life support belt for the original series. But as so many things, they couldn't make it look right in live action in the 60s. But so, they could draw it in the animation. It wasn't actually last week that we talked about it. It's, it's actually going to be uh, like two weeks from now that we talked about that. <laughs> oh, you're right. Spoilers for those who are listening in broadcast order and not in recording order. It's just like the original series. Right. <laughs> uh, 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 trust me, Chuck has been giving Veronica a hard time about that on Monkey and Around. So, Let's see. Uh, Wayne says, gosh, I just watched the entire third season, yet I feel like I didn't finish the homework. <laughs> so much attention to detail, guys. Well, thank you. Hey, hey, Wayne, while you're there, toss out your favorite and least favorite episodes of the series. I was just going to say, Dan mm-hmm. says that All Our Yesterdays is probably his favorite episode three or season three episode. Wow. Interesting yeah, pick. One. That's a strong yeah. one. I, I've, yeah, I've always said is. that it I is. felt like they should have left off Turnabout Intruder and all our yesterdays should have been the finale. Oh, it's yeah. just yeah. A, a, yeah. a beautiful Spock-McCoy story. I mean, you get some mm-hmm. great characterization for Spock. Mm-hmm. One of the love interests for Spock that works. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't care much for the, the Kirk plot when Kirk is in like the Salem Witch Trials <laughs> wherever he was at. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, the tone is off. <laughs> when Mr. Ataz is pushing him on the library cart trying to shove him into the it's portal great. to get him back to time that is just the most visual stupid funny moment 
I, I love, love Mr. that. Atos. <laughs> I but my, Matt, they have great special effects and sound. I love it when uh, Mr. Atos zaps Kirk with that little pin laser thing, and it goes and it does that really cool, pew, and he kind of bends over. <laughs> but see now that you mentioned the witch thing, Charles, I love that because that one lady, you're right, she's in there, she keeps saying, "You're a witch." Bitch, you're a witch. <laughs> this is a slight diversion, but when Alan launched his Doctor Who A to Z podcast, I was like, oh, uh, Atos would have been a good name for a Star Trek. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't we think of that? Right. Oh my gosh, that was brilliant. Yep. Speaking of Mr. Atos, he, that actor continues the tradition of a few actors playing two or three memorable roles in Star Trek yeah. because he was also, what was his name? He was in uh, Bread and Circuses. Is it mm-hmm. Septimus? Am I thinking Septimus. guy? Yeah, it's Septimus, right. He played yeah. the leader of the, the Roman, the, the rebel slaves who um, basically believed in Jesus. Right. Um, so two good roles for him. Yeah. Yep. I, well, several. He had more than two good roles in in uh, um, all our yesterdays alone because he played several Atos. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I love when he keeps popping out and different yeah. little grumpy librarians <laughs> coming out of different rooms. And they have different personalities because one of them is kind of nice. And then the one yeah. at the end, he's like, you're very late. Where have you been? So you're right. <laughs> yeah, I think it was how we knew it was a real one when he got became a bit of a butthead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he, always, he always was kind of polite. And then it's like, what are you doing here? Like, are you insane? You're supposed to be back in the past. <laughs> that show is also memorable. If I'm not mistaken, that is literally the only series episode of the entire original series that did not have a scene on the Enterprise. Every single thing was, yeah, there was not one scene on the Enterprise, and that never happened before. Interesting. Okay. So how about we talk about the countdown a little bit? Because okay. you know, just like your first two seasons, there you have some you know, dubious selection. There. You know, you, okay. I don't think there's anything as egregious as, as you committed in the first season. I'll never let that down. No, you will not. That's my scarlet letter. I wear that. <laughs> there you go. But, once, once again, I want to say I had no input on the order of this ranking. That's all. Every Matt. man for himself, Matt. Well, no, yeah. I mean, I don't. He he really knows the episode way more than I do. I'm just yeah. sometimes sort of along for the ride to see what's going to happen. But like, I'm he's he's doing the ranking. Yeah. I mean, well, Elaine, Elaine and Veronica were definitely going to get y'all fa- favorites also. Then, mm-hmm. well, okay, but to the <laughs> list, I want to I want to start right at the top because uh, for me, my favorite. Uh, season three episode is Enterprise Incident, and I think it's mm-hmm. one of the best original series episodes total. And I always felt like um, Tholian Web was good, but maybe a little slow. I don't you know. Right I haven't back? watched it in a long time, so I really want to go back and, and reappraise it now. But I was surprised to find when you when you came up with Enterprise Incident at number two, I'm like, mm-hmm. what would what what would outrank that? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, and that's one of the things that I enjoy about seeing people do this mm-hmm. kind of thing mm-hmm. is yeah. to see different results and different reactions to mm-hmm. things that, you know, I've had reaction, the same reaction to something for 20 years, but it's nice to see somebody <laughs> else have a different response <laughs> to it and have a whole different set of favorites. Mm-hmm. So nice. these aren't necessarily my 
favorites, but these are the ones I remembered from my rewatch. And granted, I only got it. I only got up to Plato's stepchildren today. So that's I mean, I didn't even finish that. So I hadn't even gotten to the part where where so whoever was writing on Kirk. So um <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Loveless, but th- that one and um, <laughs> the Earth is hollow, and I touched the sky. Those both stood out to me, but huh. because they quoted the title at the very beginning of the episode, like it wasn't mm-hmm. like this is the title of the episode, and it's just a a way to talk about it. No, they literally said that in the episodes, and I was like, that's weird. Like, <laughs> the name of the episode shouldn't be a quote from the episode. I feel like that's really weird. Well, how many times in Spock's brain did they actually say Spock's brain? <laughs> Quite a few. Well, at least they didn't name the episode Brain and Brain. What is brain? <laughs> that's what I should have opened with. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh gosh! Hey, and Veronica, the guy you were talking about is funny. Yet another double role because the actor who did the hope of the world is hollow, and I have touched the sky. He was the actor in the Return of the Archons, the um, one where the the festival where the people go crazy every night and party and destroy the town. He was the guy who made a joke about the lawgivers and got killed when they got zapped him with that empty tube. So he also had two roles in uh, Star Trek. Because he was in the Three? cage as well. He was. Um, oh, that's he, right. He was one of yeah. the survivors at the encampment. Or the survivors at the encampment. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah. So, Veronica, did you like for the world is hollow and I've touched the sky? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the um, the concept of ha- of there was someone that's a controller and it's something that they put into you and they don't have any problem with this at all whatsoever because that's just how it is and they've forgotten about all this stuff because um it just some stuff just wasn't passed down because of whatever reason and yeah 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 we never figured out why a whole group of people who were descended from astronauts forgot that they were astronauts children and then became a death penalty to know that you were on a spaceship yeah i don't know how that computer got like reprogrammed like that or how to switch flipped accidentally that's that 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 part of it was weird but i like the concept yeah that's a good episode yeah it is and we were recently talking about that scene that, that on mm-hmm. our facebook group that you're talking about because it's it's mm-hmm. a i love that scene that's it's it's, it's a, when he describes being a young man and climbing to the top of the mountain and, mm-hmm. and reaching up and he you know and then he gives the line the world is hollow and i have touched the sky it, that's a, it's beautiful yeah, I like yeah. The longest Star Trek title, I think, to still. I, I don't think anyone's <laughs> still top the, the length of that title. Um, but then, you know, like we were talking about in our Facebook group, there's some things that just don't hold up. And they, he, I think, I think, in my opinion, he's very clearly made up to look Asian, and he's not. He's a white guy. Um, and yeah. That's one of the things that was common in, in television at that mm-hmm. time that doesn't hold up today. Like, it, you know, it, it may have been commonplace then, but it, I, I bump up against it now. I didn't know yeah. he was Asian at yeah. all. Okay. Yeah, once once Charles posted that picture and I looked at it, I realized for the first time in fifty some odd years, holy crap, you're right. He does look like he's made up the clothes and the wig and (laughs) yeah, yeah. But earlier, uh, Alan asked Matt a question and Veronica answered. So I'm curious what (laughs) Matt. I'm curious what your answer would have been. (laughs) It's probably the same answer. (laughs) What was the question again? (laughs) I don't even remember what I answered. 
Well, um, just about your your ranking and oh, you know, yeah. I, oh, yeah. you know, it's it's interesting to see different people's reactions to different things, and I don't even know what the question was. <laughs> well, so there you go. I tend to group them in groups. You have like the the top the top four or five episodes. In, in, in mm-hmm. the first season, it was like the top fifteen, but here it no was kidding. four or five. Um, and then you had those that were good but flawed. And then you had those that were more flawed than good, but I could find something to like about. And then you had and the children shall lead and turn about intruder. But uh, um, so there are there are spots in the countdown where I said, okay, this is one of those gaps. This is one of those where. Mm. You know, like Alan says, he he thinks Enterprise Innocent is number one, and I could completely see that it was in that top group. Yeah, sure. But and I like the joke is there are nine top ten episodes in my opinion in season three because there is a big gap between ten and nine in my estimation. Uh, number ten was Specter yeah. the Gun, and in no way, right. shape, or form should Specter the Gun should be a top ten episode. It just happened to fall in that spot, right? In, in this group, I, I found some things I like mm. about it, but. Mm-hmm. I don't want to consider Spectre of the Gun a top 10 episode because there's really only nine episodes that I think are worthy of that title in the third season. Yeah, yeah. I totally get that rationale. Yeah. In yeah. season mm-hmm. one, it was like, here's mm-hmm. the bad one. And now, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For second yeah. place is 30 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So true. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I want to, I want to throw out a couple of episode titles that we haven't talked about yet and just get, mm-hmm reaction from everybody okay so mm-hmm. wink of an eye you're gonna have to give me reference on these i don't know episode titles okay that's, that's what a time accelerated aliens that take over the enterprise yes and the enterprise they look like they're standing still because yes. the aliens are going super fast yes veronica that's that's the kirk on the edge of the bed putting his clothes back on <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, the look of I wasn't gonna go that saucy. <laughs> you, you didn't make it to that one, but we're talking about there's a scene where it cuts away and then it cuts back, and Kirk's putting his boots on and she's brushing her hair, which is <laughs> <laughs> you know what just happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, um, Alan, I actually, I I think that's a solidly solid episode um it's fun i don't dislike it i don't love it but it's a fun episode it's a fun sci-fi episode you know it's it's a very and and it's not mediocre it's just a really good solid episode of star trek i think i put that directly in the middle yeah 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 i get you any other reactions to that one i i like that one i think it's fun Mm. i i think Mm. that she's a great guest character i like Mm -hmm. the interplay but and i like the it's i mean it's a sci-fi trope but I mm-hmm. like that they're going so fast that they're frozen still. And I mean, how do you fight someone like that? You know, exactly. they can do whatever they want before you can push the button to tell someone that someone's on the <laughs> yeah. ship. Right. They, can, you know? they can even, they can dodge phaser beams. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, you think, Elaine? Do you like that one? Um, yeah, I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One real, one real quick comment on a wink of an eye, and for the world's hall, and I've touched the sky. And man, I've said this on several reviews. Both of those episodes and many season three episodes have women in the leads, as far as the alien races and communities. Mm-hmm, right. You don't, you don't see women in command really on in the Federation, but you have so many women in charge of groups, cults. In wink of an eye, she's the obvious leader. Mm-hmm. And for world and hall, and I touched the sky. Natira is the leader of her people. And that's fairly progressive again for the 60s. Well, yeah. and Enterprise Incident. Right. Yeah, with yeah the Enterprise Romulan Incident. Commander. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. Okay, next one. 
Mm-hmm. The, the cloud minders. Ooh. I like that one too. <laughs> one of my one of my faves. Okay. I yes, where's my notes? I'm looking for my notes. That one was <laughs> that one was one that I think if you had watched it as a kid, there may have been things that kind of you didn't quite understand or kind of would go over your head, but watching mm-hmm. it as a kid, you know, it's really much to have and have not and to have not understanding how hard it is to not have anything or it, 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 it there's a lot more to it than I than you might yeah have not noticed if you watched it when you were younger right, and right. so I, I like this one but yeah it was it was interesting yes um okay it, it didn't score well on the spot uh spot didn't dignity index yeah but um I think there was some interesting direction and shots. It definitely was a very uniquely looking episode. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the image, the, the image of the cloud in the sky is very, very well done. I love that image. Uh, the, the odd scenes where they have like the faces of the, the rebel leader as they were contemplating their role in this, it was a, it was a very unique narration choice mm-hmm. that really hadn't been done in enterprise on mm. Star Trek before. Right. Um, uh, so it, it, it's a good example of what I say. The third season took chances. It, it didn't always work more times than not. It probably didn't work, but it took chances. It didn't, it didn't rest on the formula that they had established in the second season, which is something that I've, I said, if, if you're going to criticize the second season is that it did feel formulaic at times. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Do you know- but I th- I think they. I think this is a good example of an ep- episode where they did take take some chances. They did try to do something different with it. Right. Do you know that one, Veronica? No. And it's it's, <laughs> it's interesting. In I mean, in season two, Spock was ready to die instead of tell his best friend and doctor that mm-hmm. he, about the Ponfar. Yeah. Like, he, he would rather die than tell his own doctor and his best friend Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. And then in season three, he's like, "Hey, you've been Ponfar." <laughs> <laughs> You know what's interesting about that is, is despite the illogic of Spock talking to her about the Ponfar, despite that, the the actors have real chemistry and they have some of the best lines in that episode. And I kind of like to see a Vulcan attracted to a woman where it's not Ponfar. You know, it's not because he is still, I'll start to say human, Vulcans still do have feelings. And so I kind of like that, that he was attracted to her. But I also like the scene where they're torturing Vana. And she literally is so incredibly clueless. Like he said, Elaine, she literally says, well, what else would she understand but pain? She's just so clueless defending torture. And even yeah. saying that her people don't know what to do with light. Be living in the light and living out of the caves. And Spock's like, dude, seriously? <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, those were a lot of the arguments that were used in race relations here in the U S absolutely in the past, uh, like, Oh, they, you know, they wouldn't know what to do with the quality if they were given to it. They, they have somehow that there's some lesser version of humans. Mm. Yeah. Um, They live that way because they want to live that way. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I think, I think that's a deliberate parallel. I think Mm -hmm. to this episode's credit that they tried to make that case in a science fiction way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And another female leader, Vana, who's one of the leaders of the disruptors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, speaking of race relations, I can't believe that we've gone this long oh. in, in our episode and we have not talked about Last Battleground. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's the one that everybody references, right? You know, as mm -hmm. the standout, you know, Star Trek is woke mm -hmm. kind of thing. But, <laughs> I, you know, so what more is there to say about it? But I'm curious uh -huh. to know what we, how we react to that one. Uh, it loses me a little bit when they're kind of running down the halls and the because <laughs> <laughs> that goes on a bit too long. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, I, I, I get it, I guess, but <laughs> it's like yeah. they didn't quite know how to end that episode. <laughs> Frank Gorshin has the funniest run I've ever seen, too. <laughs> he would fit right in in the animated series. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a there's a there's a blooper reel where Frank Gorshin and the other actor were running around. They decided to bump into each other because they thought it was ridiculous. They were running around the ship and nobody was catching them. So the actors literally ran into each other and crashed to the floor just for kicks. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, that one works because it distills the 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 moral message down to an absurd term. Yeah. Yeah. Where they just yeah. look at them and say, I, "You look like you're the same species to us." Like yeah. you would think aliens would have come to America in the 1960s. And said, what are you talking about? You're the same species. Absolutely. You've all got, you have all oh, got two yeah. thumbs. Like, what are you talking about? You know? <laughs> right. Uh, but that it is. It's one of those things. It is that absurd mm -hmm. if you were to step out of mm -hmm. you know of our context and look at it. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, these guys, the the colors of their face were swapped, and so they're mortal enemies. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, but yeah, I mean, here on Earth, we could learn something from that. Right. True. Oh, hey, I know which one you're talking about now. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, black on one side, white on the other side. Well, okay, a couple of comments. Um, I'm sorry, were you going to say something about that? No, I was just going to say, think about uh, when that episode would have been written and, and came, come mm -hmm. out. Late, late mm -hmm. 68, 1968 specifically. Mm -hmm. Think mm -hmm. about the assassinations. Think about the, mm -hmm. the riots. Think about, I mean, I could see how they were people who are a little bit more idealized earlier mm -hmm. on when writing the show might have been a little depressed at how violent and how dark things were getting by that yeah. year. And I think yeah. that's reflected in, in that, in the ending of this episode. Yeah. As a matter Absolutely. of fact, I forget which riot might've been the Watts riot, but the scenes of burning that they flash are real life scenes from a real life American riot. They just mm -hmm. spice into the episode. Yeah. Wow. yeah. yeah. And it, it doesn't have a lot of subtlety, but it does have the feeling of someone saying like, all right, fine, let's put it this way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. This is bad. <laughs> right. And uh, you're thinking about that period mm -hmm. in the 60s, too. But, you know, even when you get up to All in the Family, which was a 70s show, they deal yeah. with really hard hitting subject like these, but they don't do it with a lot of subtlety because right. you've got 25 ish minutes. You, you know, you got to get your point across. In Star right. Trek's case, it's 40, well, 50 minutes. Right. But, mm -hmm. you know, you're you're taking a subject that's been going on for ever. Ever yeah. and boiling yeah. it down to that key point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> one real quick, one one really quick comment, Alan. I know you got to get the right. questions. What you just said is a good point. Um, some of y'all might remember back in the nineties, there was the there was the genocide in Africa between the Hutus and the Tutsis, two races yeah. in Africa. Yeah. To this day, if you put a gun to someone's head, most people couldn't tell the difference between them because they're both Africans. I, and I may be wrong when I say this. I think the, Hutsi, the Hutus tended to be shorter and a little broader, and the Tutsis tended to be taller and leaner. Who the heck's going to notice that difference? Mm -hmm. so, so to the outside world, it was just two black African groups killing each other. And to them, I saw interviews with people, and they were literally like, what are you talking about? Don't you dare confuse me with those people. Of course I cut that guy up with a machete. He's the other side. Yeah. And I'm sitting here as a black American going, well, so much for the motherland being the paradise. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Okay, some a uh, couple of interesting comments. We have uh -huh. Dan says about female representation. There's also that controversial line in Turnabout Intruder. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, we didn't get to that one, Dan, but good point. Mm -hmm. He says not only, and this is about a point that Keith was making earlier, not only do mm -hmm. Vulcans have emotions, but Spock is also half human. Yeah. True. And isn't it, doesn't, don't, don't Vulcans like feel things stronger mm -hmm. than yes. humans even? Right. Oh, yeah. They, yes. they, they just learn how to control yeah. it and keep it right. all because yeah. bottled up emotionally, inside. they're very tempestuous. As yeah. a matter of fact, Veronica, I have all long felt that people talk about Klingons and Nausicans and, 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 um, and Dorians, I think Vulcans are literally the most violent race that we've seen in Star Trek among the <laughs> among the major races, but they just hold it back because you saw what happened with uh, Spock in um, All Our Yesterdays. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sure. Michael Michael Phillips says the most well written episode of season three is "There in Truth No Beauty." Okay. Wow, that is a great episode. Yeah, it really is. That one shot up in my rewatch this time. Mm. I mean, I think I think I would have had it more middle of the ep season, but it's. I think I had it number three. I mean, it really shot up. Yeah, okay. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it introduced the concept of the Itic. Um, yeah. It introduced the Medusans, which we have again in New Star Trek. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It did a lot of interesting, and it also, believe it or not, indicates some of the issues of Gene Roddenberry because Spock was wearing an Itic. And the reason the character was wearing an itic is because Gene Rottenberry created the itic symbol and then marketed it, marketed it to make some money off of it. Right. That's right. Nimoy was pissed about that. <laughs> okay. And then finally, Dan says Mike Sussman has commented that he doesn't like how the moralizing in let their let this be your last battlefield slams the viewer over the head. And Dan tends to agree. I, mm. Yes, that's true. Yeah. But at the same time, there were very few shows in 1968 mm. who were saying this kind of thing. Like, yes, if you're going to say it. By God, say yes. it. Mm -hmm. yep. a, a funny thing in terms of memes, that episode of Star Trek Battlefield is often described by people with a line from another episode of Star Trek. It is called the Bonk Bonk episode. <laughs> <laughs> From Miri, bonk bonk on the head, and when people talk about battlefield, they almost always say, "Yeah, that's the bonk bonk on the head episode," right? Because of the message. Yeah. Dan, oh, okay. I just yeah. want to get real quick. Dan throws in. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Medusans, hashtag Save Star Trek Prodigy. That's right. And, yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Here, here. <laughs> well, guys, this hour has flown by. Wow. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, we didn't even touch on most of the episodes, but I would say if anyone wants to continue the conversation, I mean, drop by our Facebook group or drop by the Atlanta Matt Watch TV Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, and comment. I mean, mm -hmm. I'd love to keep talking about season three of Star Trek because it's, I like this. I mean, it's my favorite TV mm -hmm. show of all time, but I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to discuss it. There's a lot to discover in it as, you know, as we grow older and new people watch it and bring their own perspectives to it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Amen. Did anyone have any closing thoughts about the season they wanted to get out there before we close this thing down? I haven't watched season three in a million years. And so I had already been thinking about maybe doing a rewatch of season three. So maybe I'll post my reactions and see how different they are from Matt's. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, uh, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> we don't need a second run through of season three episodes. Maybe I'll just do a overall reaction at the end. Who knows? Okay. 
My my quick response would be, I'll pick it back on Alan said, um, it's a memorable season if you haven't seen it. And I think what you find is the highs are actually pretty high and the lows are really low. Overall, yeah. it's not as bad a season as its reputation. It has some real stinker episodes. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's still, it's a very good season of Star Trek, especially given what was going on behind the scenes. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, Elaine and Matt, uh, where can people find more of you guys? Oh, okay. Um, you can find us on our Facebook page, Elaine and Matt Watch TV, where we chronicle what we're watching on our TV. Mm-hmm. I want EMTV. <laughs> okay, I didn't expect that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's wow. fantastic. Um, and you caught us, you got us. <laughs> And before we move away from that, Dan has one final question. He wants to know what your next review project is going to be. And, you know, on private elsewhere, we have talked about maybe you guys reviewing uh, TAS or Matt doing a review, like a ranking of TAS. What do you think? What's a little plans? more challenging. I, I, I don't know that I can write three paragraphs on each episode as I did on the show. <laughs> Just a amount of content. Um but I'm gonna put something out. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm I have been ranking them as we watch them, so I'll be prepared to do a countdown. Very I am. Come on, Matt. Matt, you can write a book about but you can write a book about Mud's passion. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> love crystals. Come on, man. Oh, so much pain in that episode. But yeah. yeah, the pain is in watching it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, so I mean, where where else can people find more of you? I think I got lost in that a little bit. So where can they find you guys? Hey, you can you can also find me um, at monkeying around. Oh, and what is that? Monk- a podcast about the monkeys. Yay! <laughs> All right, Alan. Where where can people find more of you? Look for my music podcast, which is Modern Musicology. We have got a bunch of great things coming out very soon uh an episode about um the 50th anniversary of dark side of the moon one of the greatest albums ever recorded and lots of other great stuff that's happened and then also look for my doctor who podcast doctor who (laughs) atos and how about you keith you can find me on x and instagram and facebook primarily the eso network facebook groups and how about us, Franca? Feltnerdy.com. And? Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. And if you're at Dragon Con, you can find us all over the place at Dragon Con. So search for us in the app because we've got shows and we're, we're going to be all over. The, we're, <clears throat> or just watch for people running by with puppets in their arms. Go with some more fun, I promise. Right. <laughs> and, and I should say, I will be at Dragon Con too. And I've got quite a load of panels going and a couple of them in the Star Trek panel mm-hmm. room. And both both of the ones that I'm doing sound really good. I'm very excited to do them. So look for me. I'll I'll be on a panel at Dragon Con as well. Ooh, where? Great. Brit on Brit Track. Which one? Brit Track. Uh, Red Dwarf. Awesome. Oh, very good. Very good. Yes. All right, and Veronica, where can people find you individually? So uh, I have a Facebook page, Daba Woman. It's um, primarily our more adult Mm -hmm. uh, puppetry exploits and not safe for work. Not safe for work. (laughs) Um, and, on the job. <laughs> and, and kind of my my general theater stuff mm-hmm. that I do. Um, and I also started TikTok, Double Woman Eight. 
Um, and you can find me on there. Been doing some Star Trek talk talkabouts and some weird. They have some weird filters on there where you can turn into a Klingon. They all look terrible. Um, and some video <laughs> cute videos of Muffet. So come check me out, Daba Woman on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Daba nice. Woman eight, eight, right. eight. And Don't you. look for those other seven Dabo women. No. no. Just the eighth no. one. <laughs> and do you have a closing for us this week? Brain? What is brain? Hey, perfect. Hey, look at that. <laughs> right, Thanks, everybody. everybody. Um, we should say that we're oh. going to be live again next Thursday night. So right. come watch for us. We're going to be doing a discussion about all of the great crossover episodes in Star Trek. That's right. Mm-hmm. If one character crossed over into another series, if one series docs on a station from a different series we're going to talk about them all that's right all right so see you then everybody take care have a good night (laughs) bye thanks thanks everyone thank you for listening to earth station trek if you enjoyed the show please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform give us a positive rating you can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com you can join in the fun on our facebook group or follow us on twitter you can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.